This is Delete Self-Esteem. Time to place the concepts of self-esteem and self-worth on the shelf next to hysteria and lobotomies. Self-esteem, self-regard, self-worth, and self-love are all synonyms in a psychological context and refer to a value judgment about one's character. Self-worth has become so prominent as a concept, its deficiency is the diagnostic criterion in a range of psychiatric diagnoses, as well as frequent topic of my children's television shows. Maybe other therapists are great at dealing with it, but when I'm told, my self-worth is at zero, please do something about it, I break out in hives. Maslow inserted self-esteem into his Pyramid of Human Needs in 1943, although when he published it, he had no empirical evidence to support it. The father of the self-esteem movement, however, was Nathaniel Brandon, who published in 1984, I cannot think of a single psychological problem from anxiety and depression to fear of intimacy or of success, spouse battery or child molestation that is not traced back to the problem of low self-esteem. Fast forward 20 years and self-esteem took on a life of its own. By that point, it was generally accepted that high self-esteem led to fewer violent adolescents, less bullying, lower risk of depression, and all the other good things. As a result, building self-esteem got incorporated into school systems and other programs with devastatingly unimpressive results. As it turns out, bullies have many problems, but low self-esteem is not one of them. And after decades of research, none of our peer-reviewed studies have been able to lay any foundation for these fantastical claims driving the self-esteem conceptualization other than that there may be a slight correlation between high self-esteem and life satisfaction and self-reported happiness, although we're still not able to prove causation. The self-esteem movement was so successful by, by the time research results dampened the professional enthusiasm for it, it had lodged itself inextricably into the way we think about our emotional lives and speak about ourselves. I sat next to my daughter who was watching her My Little Pony series on Netflix the other day and was quite disturbed to hear the messaging resonating these trends. Kids should value the way they feel about themselves over anything else and be true to who they are. Rather than showing children characters that embody the age-old wisdom of sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me, the opposite message is transmitted. Feelings are paramount, and if something makes you feel bad, it's because it is bad. For lunging for the remote during said My Little Pony episode, I was thinking, what does that even mean? No wonder you hear people say, I feel like this isn't true, when rather, I think or I believe this isn't true would make more sense. It points to personal feelings being untouchable, and that who we feel we are as a person is an immutable state that should be accepted no matter what. Rather than that, an emotional state is temporary and may in fact not reflect reality. There are still countless of courses and seminars promising to turn you into an extroverted it person. My personal favorite is the advice from Giraldi's workbook on self-esteem from 2016 to channel your inner rock star. 
What does that mean? Do drugs and as do drugs and asphyxiate on your own vomit on a public bathroom floor? Probably not. But the gist seems to be learning to accept and even welcome your shortcomings and negative traits by a combination of positive feedback and self-talk. My statements above should not be confused with undoing depressive cognitive distortions, the theory that originated with Aaron Beck in 72. There's an important difference between disqualifying actual positive achievement which is a cognitive distortion and depression, and truly underperforming in relation to one's potential. In the case of the latter, no manner of self-affirming positivistic list-making from your therapist is going to produce more than a momentary boost in self-worth. That will have fizzled out right about the time you make an appointment. The thing we call self-esteem can really be explained by a combination of personality traits, those with high self-esteem seem to be higher in extroversion, emotional stability, and conscientiousness. Instead of talking about self-esteem as an abstract feeling of worth or positive regard towards the self, which isn't reproducible in therapy, it pathologizes people unnecessarily. The word self-worth is even written into the diagnostic criteria of psychiatric disorders. My classical case of I have zero self-worth, help me, is the middle-aged woman who stays late at work with tasks that aren't her own or goes to care for the parents even though it's the sibling's turn for the third time in a row, gets pushed around by her teenage kids without support from her husband and lacks appreciation at every turn. Her problems don't arise because she doesn't feel worthy. She knows very well it's unfair. She needs courage to face possible consequences of conflicts she should enter, and a therapist who inspires the motivation to make small, consistent, and appropriate changes. I often wish I had been braver in facing requests of producing self-worth or self-esteem, but I was afraid of losing clients and of getting complaints up the chain. In a time when suicide rates are hurled at you and crossing the clinic threshold in the morning, being accused of contributing to someone's depression by not doing as you asked is terrifying. Why should you go out on a limb and point your finger at a client's unbuilt skills, poorly planned schedules, and unfortunate interactions with others? It's much harder and riskier than channeling someone's inner rock star. Let's delete the concept of self-esteem and self-worth and its ilk and raise awareness instead of different personality traits and the fostering of them. I want to show my kids some TV shows where the characters are less focused and worried about every negative emotion, more careful and thorough in their actions, and turn their focus outward rather than inwards. I want to see parents correcting their children's mistakes lovingly, of course, teaching them to handle loss and daring to set expectations so that they might reach their potential. Thank you for listening to Psychobabble. I hope you enjoyed this content. To see what sources I use, go to Psychobabble on Substack and look at the article related to the subject. And if you'd like to share it with a friend, have a nice day.